everybody, we are back. We've been gone for a while, but here we are. You can't get rid of us that easy. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different for uh, this year for our like end of the year stuff. Uh, first off, I'm Gabriel. Uh, joining me is Andy. Calling in from the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> and uh, Grant. Uh-huh. Hey. David is on assignment. Uh, so what we're going to do this year is... Just to make sure some of the categories that are bigger get uh, the time they deserve. Because we have, like, a best movie category here that almost takes up an entire page. Uh, we're going to give each uh, category its own episode, and we'll be doing those every week for the next, like, couple months. Uh, then we're going to figure out what we're doing after that when we get there. So let's get right into it here. This is just, uh, I have, the the name of the category is shit we should have talked about before, but didn't because we're fucking morons. It started uh, with me, like, playing and watching some stuff from previous years we were doing the podcast that, like, just none of us had talked about. But we are expanding that to just be like, think of this as just like, hey, here's some old stuff we really liked this year. Yeah, stuff that's on our, like, our list of shame or stuff we didn't know about. Yep. Yeah. So uh, let's just go over the list real quick here, then we'll go through these a little bit more in depth. We've got Hitman 2, we've got The End of the Fucking World, Divinity Original Sin 2, The Marvelous Miss Ma- Mrs. Maisel, Mr. Robot, Deep Web, Tammy and the T-Rex, Robocop, and High Life. Uh, I'll start this out with the game that made this category, uh, Hitman 2. You guys, Hitman 2 fucking rocks. It's it's still the game that like I don't understand why I haven't played. Because I've played all the... Well, I shouldn't say all the Hitmans. But I've played like uh, everything after Blood Money. I played I Blood Money uh, onwards. And I, I've definitely, uh, I definitely upgraded um, my cops. Because I have Hitman 1. So I installed Hitman 2. So it upgraded all the levels. So I started playing through. But I never actually made it to the Hitman 2 stuff. I Well... Is that level where you attack the condo on the beach? Is that part of Hitman 2? That's the tutorial level of Hitman 2, yes. So I, I guess I did that. Maybe I did one thing after it. I don't know. But that those games are fun. Once you like figure out how they're supposed to be played, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the biggest problem that I had originally as I was trying to play it like a different kind of game. Yeah, um, and Hitman Two is really smart. Yeah, Hitman Two is really smart with that. Where like on the easy modes, it will give you like, hey, here's these sort of set ways of doing stuff and then like once you start the way they released the first game like retroactively i feel like it was really smart even though i didn't play it the way it was intended there where it's like Mm -hmm. you go through a level and you replay it and replay it and replay it getting all the sort of like little different things you can do to unlock stuff because that sort of trains your brain on how to look at these games it's like oh i could do this and this like and just the presentation for Hitman 2, the fact that like everything from Hitman 1 carries over, the fact that it upgrades all those levels, it, you can just play the story mode as one continuous thing. Uh, the new levels they put out for DLC are great, like that New York one where you're doing a bank heist is amazing. It's just like the presentation on that game. So there's a, there's a bank so heist in the second one? Yes. Ooh, it was the first DLC you mentioned. Awesome. It's really it, good. It's, it's funny because I'm like... I. Adam, the GameStop did this thing where you buy two, get two free or something like that. And uh, he said Hitman 2 is one of the games he got. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we have Hitman 2 already. And he's like, I don't think so. It's like a game that everybody has because they give it to you for free or like you have it and just have to pay like a a small amount of money to upgrade. I, I don't know. But I'm like, I swear we already have this game, which I don't know why we do because we haven't beat the first one is this one plays like just like the first one. Right. Um. It's really similar. The AI is updated, and there's like yeah. some more stuff you can do. I think I they've done some quality of like life part, updates. It isn't, I thought it was kind of more like episode two in a lot of ways. Like it it's, started that way. Like hmm. there was going to be just like the continuing stuff, but then like when uh, IO Interactive like went independent and all that, it sort of changed into a full game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just really good. It's super fucking fun. For like a month, I was doing nothing but playing Hitman. And talking about it now, I want to just go back. I, I kind of wish if, this game was on the Switch. Sales. I don't think it could it be, might though. Be on sale. Um, Steam sale's on right now. I wonder. I'm going to look. Yeah, but, it probably yeah. is. Um, what is your favorite level so far? Like, What's the coolest thing you've done in the game? 
Oh, God. Uh, there's one of it's like a bonus mission that takes place in one of the levels in the game where they're shooting a movie in like the sort of bonus thing. And you're they're basically shooting Iron Man. And your task is to kill Robert Downey Jr. So <laughs> it's like you go in and you have all these different ways you can like fuck with uh, the stunts that are going on. To, like, kill him that way, and it's just fucking great. It's really funny. It's just super cool when you pull it off. The way they sort of transform the level to be this movie set is really cool. Like, it's it's a great game. I really like it, man. Yeah, that's, it is actually 25 bucks still right now. The winter sale is still on. I don't know when it ends, but I have to look. But that's a pretty good deal, looks. Seems like. I think 25 gets you all the DLC and everything. So. Yeah, if that gets you everything, that would probably include Hitman 1 levels as well, if it's the big pack. So Yeah, it says uh, Hitman 2 Gold Edition, uh, expansions 1 and 2, and exclusive in-game items. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, that seems like a pretty good pretty good deal for all that stuff. So yeah, yeah I might have to get that. I might have to pick that up. I, I, we're just squarely in this like time right now where there's just too many games to play, especially for me, like... Uh, it's it's any game I miss now. It's hard for me to go back to like Hitman Two is definitely one of them. Like Watch Dogs Two is another one. Like I I can't find the time to go back and play some of these games. Like my backlog right now is the worst it's ever been. I'd and say now, I'd say we're approaching the second that Watch Dogs Three comes out. Then I don't know if I could go back to Watch Dogs Two. We'll see, but. Mm-hmm. But there's like, I mean, just my Switch backlog right now is insane. Uh, PS4, I have games that I've started and finished. I don't think I ever will, but there's just, that's, there's too many games right now. And there's, it's only going to get worse now we get into this new console generation. But yeah. I wish well, I could go back. everything's backwards this compatible this time around. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Or it fucking better be. The Xbox for sure is confirmed. Oh, I, and it's I think probably Xbox rumored about uh, PlayStation. So and, until PlayStation proves it, I have a feeling like PlayStation's gonna come out with a big butt, like, well, some games they away. I think it's gonna be PS4 games. Any game that's playable on PS4 yeah. is gonna be backwards compatible. They're not gonna do PS3. What if what if there were some PS4 games that they were like, well, those won't work at launch? If that happens at all, I mean I mean, pretty much any game that mattered it's, on it's PS3 the got ported. Ar- but the thing is, it's all on the same architecture now. Right. Like, they're it all using PC work. stuff. It, so. Yes, it should work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, I'm, I'm annoyed at Sony that the way they did things means that, like, PS3 games, unless they do uh, remasters like the Uncharted Collection, which is awesome, um, then these things just get fucking stuck uh, there forever. These. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to keep your PS3 around, which I still do. Like, but, Metal Gear yeah. Solid 4 especially is, like, yeah. the yeah. game that comes to mind is stranded on that console. Mm-hmm. PS3. You know? I mean, em- em- they're making good progress with emulators, on, especially with that game, but, yeah. That, that's not a solution at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I want a way to play it, like, officially that, like, fucking works on a box, you know? Yep. Well, it's in Konami's court. So it'll never you know, happen. Uh, well, it might. Point, you know, it might. The thing you might find funny though is that, uh, in, just like in the last month, they've gotten the PS3 emulator from like broken to really playable with a bunch of games. Metal Gear Solid Four. I don't know if you remember, but like at the end when you're in Arsenal gear and there's a bunch of shit happening, a lot of guys are shooting at you, and then those geckos are dropping in. Like the frame rate goes to like single digits sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but. People have gotten this game to run 60 frames a second, 4K, uh, no slowdown. You don't get the same frame rate, so, so it just plays. So actually, emulator might be the way to play this game, unless somebody remasters it. Like, it might actually be better. So, but, yeah. Yeah, well, we're on, uh, we're on games here and talking about uh, ports and backwards compatibility. Uh, Grant, tell me about Divinity Original Sin 2. So this one's kind of cheating, because the port came out this year, but... If you remember when this game came out, I was like raving about it when I first played it. But then it came to Game of the Year talk, I believe. I basically said it would have been on my list had I played more of it. Well, I finally played more of it with this port. I sunk like 80 hours in this game. Still haven't finished it. But it's, um, <laughs> I mean, this this game is amazing, and it would probably make my top of the year list either way. 
but it says something that two of my favorite, probably my favorite games of the year were ports of old games on Switch. And nothing that actually came out this year like cracked it for me. Um, this game is just perfect for it's uh, the best RPG I've ever played. It's uh, it's like a true RPG experience. Uh, you you can do anything you want, pretty much. Well, not you know anything, but you can you have so much freedom. It's just such a fucking good game. And the way they dropped this game, it's it was during a direct. They're like, oh yeah, this game uh, we're porting in. Guess what? It's out right now. You know. And this, the port almost didn't happen. Like they, they struggled to get it working and all this stuff. And they finally did. I was like the most excited I've ever been this year when they announced that. I bought it like while I was at work and when I was playing it by the end of the day, I couldn't believe it. But I recommend this game to anybody that likes like a role playing game. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's on my list. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get it's, to it. It's, it's more like a D&D type game, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's isometric, so it's top down. Um, and you play as a party of four characters. The one thing about the Switch port that kind of sucks is they couldn't get local co-op working, so you can't play with two people on the Switch. But that's you can play bad. you can play online, um, uh. so that's fine. But like that was a big thing for people. They they play couch co-op with their wife or whatever, and they would just fall in love with uh, it. You know, yeah. I don't even because on Diablo, and I I can't remember what it was, but if you're doing couch co-op with Diablo, like you can't. You're basically stuck together, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. only so far either one of you can this, walk away. This game other, is, is that right? This, yeah. I mean, this game is weird because you can split up like that, but you really don't want to. Um, the the thing that we found because Adam and I played played it just online, sitting next to each other. Uh, this game is like so complex that it actually kind of gets it's hard to play co op, but it's it's like a unique problem for the game to have. It's like, well, you can talk to somebody at the same time as I am. And you can progress that story, and I cannot be even knowing what's happening in that storyline because you're talking to that character and progressing that that quest line while I'm talking to this other person progressing this quest line, and that's just like a weird thing to have in a game. Like it's that complex. What happens if you're both at the same place, and do you both have to start the conversation then? So if I go up and talk to somebody, and and um, like I'm starting the conversation, and Adam wants to know what they're talking about. He just goes up and taps on the guy, and he just joins the conversation. He's like a, he's just like a spectator uh, watching it. He doesn't have any say in it. Um, but does it activate the quest for him too? Then yeah, oh, I mean whatever. we have one quest log between us, but it oh, treats oh. it like. And here's like a, here's just an interesting scenario. I was talking to this lady, um, and she was facing me because she was talking to me. And um, Adam is sneaking around in her in her tent, stealing a bunch of shit, and he's putting on boots. And she doesn't know because she's talking to me. And uh, and afterwards, afterwards, as I was trying to leave, she like tried to talk to me again. She's like, "Hey, there's a thief around here. Have you seen anybody?" <laughs> it's like, I'm like, <laughs> out. And uh, it just has so many like little things like that. This game is like, um, it's so good. I mean, the port is a little choppy, but this game is turn based, so there's no. Wait, so you can actually rob people the way that you would expect to be able to do in like yeah. all these games, like oh, mm-hmm. Skyrim or whatever. Yeah, like, like if you do pull fast, you can pull a fast one on somebody. If you well, can. on Skyrim, you can literally use the physics and take a bucket and put it on someone's head, and, and it actually blocks their eyesight. So I mean, there's <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a it's a RPG man's dream come true. Like I. It's always the kind of game I always want to play, and I, I, I wish there was more games like it. And there's have, have you heard about uh, tyr- Tyranny? It came out a couple Tyranny. years ago. Yeah, Tyranny. Sounds sounds it's, familiar. It's like a throwback to that style, except like you work for like, basically, mm. it's like after an RPG, if the villains won, and mm-hmm. you're working for them, so you're basically right. like this fantasy SS agent. How do you spell it? Around. Tyranny, T Y R A N N Y. The word tyranny. Yeah. Um, well, there's. I mean, there's other games like it. It's like an isometric there. thing. Like it's a new one. It's made by like a lot of the same guys who like uh, um, worked on the Divinity games. I, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, these guys are also making um, Baldur's Gate four or whatever. So yeah, I, yep. I would be extremely excited for that. But uh, uh, another game like this is Pillars of Eternity, which I didn't. I didn't really like the art style, but supposedly it's amazing. Funny thing about that port is supposedly it's like completely broken on Switch. Like they've patched it several times, and it comes up all the time on like the Switch subreddit that it's just unplayable. Like abilities don't work, enemies respawn, and just just 
absurd, like how bad the port is. So it's good that this one turned out because if it had been bad, I would have been pretty uh, bummed out about it. But yeah, it's great. Uh, also, while we're on games, the last one you just added this year at the last second, uh, Rec Room VR. Yeah, I just thought of this game. Um, this is just like this free game that's available on any like VR platform. I played it yeah, on I, PSVR. I, think I have it downloaded on uh, Oculus Quest because I got an Oculus Quest this year. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. Okay. You should talk about Beat TV Play Beat Saber. Yep, yep. I'll talk about that. Okay. Actually, you know what? We should just change Rec Room VR to be VR in general. Um, since yeah. you have it now, Gabe, and you've really since you have an Oculus, now you've gotten to see like the real VR stuff. I can get behind um, that because we're not gonna. You, it's yeah. it's improved a lot since I had that PSVR and hated it. So well, well I don't so, think you ever really played anything worthwhile on it. That's all so, I have to say. Was it literally like? Do you just plug that cable from the head your Quest into your PC and then watch the normal Oculus app and it just yep. works just like? Yep. Or you can yeah. watch stuff from Steam through it too. It just works um, there because it's just a USB cable, so you don't actually have an HDMI cable. Nope. Uh, fuck, that's cool. So I guess it's because of the headset's doing a bunch of the processing that would normally not be done on it. But, so. So, Gabe, I mean, since you have one and it, it is a functioning headset on your computer, it can play any game, right? Yes. So you, can, so you should definitely get Lone Echo. I highly recommend that. Um, you should get, what's that game we were playing? A Sword and Sorcery? Is that what it was called? Blade um, and Sorcery? Mountain Blade? No, it's not no, that. It's no, Blade that's and, different. It's one you, you'll see. Um, like, like It looks like it. shit, but it's fun. It's a it's a uh, simulator where you're just in an arena fighting guys with weapons, and it's like you can do whatever you think about. Like uh, literally, a guy, uh, you can like stab somebody and grab their their face and start bashing it against a wall. Um, you can take a shield and like smash it down on the guy's head with the with the edge of it. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, once you kill a guy and grab their body, you can use their body as a jump rope. Oh, nice. Because of course. Yeah, the main stuff I got for it, I got Super Hot, I got uh, Beat Saber, I got Star Trek Bridge Crew, which I haven't tried yet. We should I, play that sometime. Yeah. We should yeah, I got that. Uh, Trover Saves the Universe and Accounting Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got those free like Darth Vader Star Wars games that just came with it. And those were oh, free. Yep. All three episodes I didn't know those free, but um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Lone Echo you should for sure get. And uh, I'm trying to think of other games that are really good. There's there's a lot of neat games. Um, did you ever get- uh, let me tell you guys about virtual reality pornography. Those <laughs> oh, women right. are okay. giant. <laughs> they seem very large. Is it uh, is the proportions doesn't seem quite right? Actually, uh, I tried some VR porn back on the PlayStation VR, and that was my complaint: is like the the, the lenses they were using were not correct. So, like all of the women just looked like they were fifty feet tall. But uh, right. they fixed that. But now they do a thing where, like, in every single one of them I've seen, they have a scene where, like. They get way too fucking close to the camera, and it just breaks the illusion because you go cross-eyed. It's like, ah, they got to stop doing that. So have you brought your Oculus Quest to a beach yet and started playing with it there? No. Because <laughs> you could do it. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, with this Rec Room VR game, it's just this, like, really, like, basic-looking graphics, and there's just a ton of, like user-created content Isn't there. Isn't it like that multiplayer one where you can just, like, yeah. go with other people and you're just, like, tossing balls I, around and stuff? Right, and there's paintball and there's there's one that's, like, literally a dungeon crawler that I was playing in and I was like, I want to play an actual serious dungeon crawler in this style. This would be amazing. Um, and then, like, I was just... I just popped it on. I was playing it. I had a little bit to drink. I didn't realize my... I, I put this up on our YouTube, by the way. I had a little bit to drink, and I didn't know I was recording. Well, I didn't know my PlayStation camera was recording, because I thought it was muted. Um, and I just... I said some really dumb shit. And uh, just the way people react in VR. Like, you can see their body motion. Like, uh, it, it's the part of the experience that you can't really, like, explain to somebody. Like seeing how their hands move and how their like head moves, it's it's just so fun. And uh, yeah, Rec Rec Room is free, so you can just download and start playing it, and it's just immediately it's just stupid fun. You'll you'll enjoy it. Um, I'm trying to think of other great VR games I've played this year. Gabe, um, did you get used to playing? Uh, did, you get, did you get used to playing Air Car? 
No, I never got used to playing Air Car. God, like that is so fun. Oh, like, there's another there's another game that's supposed to be incredible that came out this year called Asgard's Wrath. It's supposed to be like God of War, basically. It's a full fledged oh, game, nice. and it's supposed to be amazing. So you should might, might want to check that one out too. I haven't got it yet, but I don't have a lot of time these days, so VR is kind of like low down on the list. I don't play it as much. Yeah. Um, but Beat Saber, I got a lot of time in this year. Yeah, so. we'll talk about Beat Saber later because that's up for best game. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, move on here to uh, some other stuff. Uh, I watched Mr. Robot Season 2 for the first time. Going to start Season 3 here soon. Uh, that show's yeah. real good. That's a real good show. Andy was right. It's a good show. I had seen season, season 1 before, so like like RoboCop, it doesn't really fit here because I had seen yeah. part of it. But <laughs> like it was... It's good. Like I'm and, looking uh, forward to watching Season more of 2 is kind of like... The one people say is the boring. It, it feels like it's a lot of setup, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all pays off in the next couple. So. And it does like there's a bunch of stuff that uh, that's a great thing about this show is it's very meticulously well thought out, and so there's there's payoff and reveals and like things that go oh shit, and you'll go back and watch a season two or a season one episode, and you'll be like ah shit that that's even crazier. So it's very rewarding. Um, lot of replay value and obviously the show's over now so yeah mm-hmm. i heard it goes on on a high note i need to watch the latest season yeah they stick um, the ending I'll, I'll try to get it watched i need to finish the expanse too both these shows i need i have a lot to watch of so okay so grant you've got two shows on here one i know the premise of one i don't like i know nothing about so let's start with that one what the fuck is the end of the fucking world so um i don't think i talked about this one on the podcast i thought this came out last year but it said 2017 it must have been like right at the end of 2017 or something yeah, like I that know season two just came out and i've only seen the first episode of season two and i've heard that season two is uh even better than season one so um it's the premise of the show um it's not that complicated it's about two kids that essentially decide to run away from their homes like on a whim um the twist is the main the first main character you meet he's a psychopath or he's becoming he's a budding psychopath he's kind of grown up and he wants he's like talked about torturing animals the show is like a cop it's like a it's a dark comedy it's very 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 dark it's leaning more towards dark than funny but the way they like show this character killing animals and stuff it's almost in a comical way and when he meets the the uh, other other main character um, that he runs away with, he's like gonna kill her. <laughs> he's like, I th- I think I could kill her, and they kind of end up falling in love with each other as they run away. His dad's like a dumbass, and she hates her whole family. They run away, which this whole plot doesn't sound all that interesting, but he goes to some really interesting places. Like they they squat in this house, and something really fucked up happens there while they're doing it. Um, it ends with them being like chased by the police. And uh, from what I've seen of season two, like they introduce a character that, that was around in the first season, but you never met. Um, it's, it's just a really, it's a really interesting show. Like the dialogue is really funny and like uh, clever. Um, the, the main actor in it, I'm trying to think what else he's been in. Uh, he was in a black mirror episode. Do you, do you remember the episode where the kids like, uh, he's he's like being told by the this internet person to do a bunch of shit, and you find oh, yeah, out it's because yeah, yeah. he was he was like a pedophile or something, and he yep. was trying oh. to cover it up. He's the main actor. I don't know if you've um, seen that one. Yeah, he he should have covered his webcam. Was the was the premise of that episode? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good show. I mean, it's it's been a while since I've seen season one. The only reason I remembered it is I was trying to jog my memory for stuff. I'm like, oh. I never talked about this, and season two is great, so it's a good good time to catch up on it. I don't know why the the show is called the end of the fucking world. It's not about the apocalypse. I guess it's about a, the end of these two characters' worlds. They've left yeah. them behind. That's probably why it's like that. Why it's called that. It's a good I show. Know, I know what marvelous Mrs. Maisel about. She's like a vaudeville comedian, but she's a woman, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the whole thing. I never wanted to watch this show because I thought the title sounded stupid. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> like that and the premise, like both, uh, just turned me off instantly. I heard also, hearing, so many like, people the Chapo Trap House guys just constantly dunk on it. So I, I, I don't, I didn't know anything about the show going in. 
Um, other than I had multiple people saying it's amazing, and I would hear like it's getting like best show of the year, best season of the year type nods and stuff. So I finally decided to give it a try. And the the pilot, at first, I was like, I hate this main character. She's like this, like the whole world centers around her. She's always like talking, and she still kind of annoys me in the show. But um, the pilot of the show is fucking great. I it kept going to places I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, I'll kind of say what it is. I mean, she she's like, yeah, she's kind of like a. It takes place in like the fifties. She's like a housewife. She's got she basically Carol Burnett type. I guess I don't. Uh, she's I don't know. I don't know Carol much Burnett, about Carol Burnett. Car- I, well, I don't know about I, Carol Burnett's just like one of the first like female comedians to get like her own primetime TV show. Yeah, isn't that what this is about? Kind of. Um, had this way before uh, that, right? Because it's in like vaudeville days, isn't it? I would I would describe her as I mean, you guys have seen Mad Men. Do you remember? Um, uh, God, I'm forgetting the character's name. He's kind of the slimy character. He's the Pete. What the hell is it? Pete? He's, he's like it's like if Pete's wife, Vincent Carruthers, who's kind yeah, of this like guy. Yeah, if it's like if it's like if Pete's wife was like this perfect, has everything. She's got a kid. She's got a husband that has a good job. She's got everything. All right. And then all of a sudden, the guy just like fucking decides to leave her, and he cheats on her, and he leaves her, and her life completely falls apart. And the whole, the whole, the whole thing that makes it start is, he's this guy is like a trying to become a stand-up comedian. This guy, um, and he fucking sucks. Well, she thinks he's funny, and then she finds out that his act is stolen from like, I don't know, some like talk show. It it's a recognizable person. I just can't remember the name of the of the talk show host or whatever. And she's like, I thought you made that up. And he's like, No, I mean that's what every comic does. They steal acts until they come up with their own. And she's like, I don't, I don't think so. And it like kind of ruins things. <laughs> she starts looking at him differently. But then he's turns out he's been cheating on her and he he leaves. This all happens over the course of one day, and she gets like fucked up drunk, ends up going into this comedy club and starts venting to a bunch of people. And it ends up being like this hilarious like set. She's like actually like doing a stand-up comedian set, and everybody loves it. At the end, she like literally flashes her tits at the crowd, and the cops arrest her. And that's how she. That's how the episode ends. And it's just it's just great. Like, uh, and it's you know it's I haven't finished even the first season, but it it continues to be good from there. But I think the pilot of the show is like worth watching just just to get just to get the initial like. Like why the show is good. It's a, it's a great pilot, you know. Sometimes the show takes a couple episodes before you get into it, but I think this isn't one of them. It's it's good right away. That so sounds I interesting. I'll, I should probably check that out at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I didn't want to watch the show. I thought the just based on the title, and I would see like screenshots. I'm like, that looks like a. I well, I had no idea what it was about just based on the title and like screenshots. I'm like, that looks like something I wouldn't care about. So, take that. All right, uh, let's move on here. Uh, I watched a documentary. I actually just watched this the other day. Uh, Deep Web. This is a documentary made by Alex Winter, who you probably know best as Bill from the Bill and Ted movies. Uh, He's like a documentary filmmaker at this point, mostly. That's like the first of three, or second of three he made. He also made one about Napster, and his most recent one is about the Panama Papers. Uh, this one is mainly about, like, the Silk Road, like, as far as the Deep Web stuff goes, uh, and how it, like, operated, the people who ran it, how it got shut down, like, all the sort of controversy around that. It's just really good. It, uh, goes into a lot of stuff about, like, hey, maybe the stuff that, uh, fucking the FBI did to seize this website was maybe illegal, uh, they shouldn't have been doing it. Uh, the guy who ran it, like, seems genuinely like he was running it as, like, a harm reduction thing. Like, this is way safer, a way safer way to buy stuff. The people who are on there, like, won't sell, like, heroin to, like, kids or whatever as well. Right. Like, it makes a strong case for, like, basically the point it seems to be making is, like, maybe we should just legalize all this shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, it's just really well made, though. Like, I'm really interested to watch his Panama Papers thing, because, like, uh, out, of, out of the two actors from Bill and Ted, like, everybody loves Keanu Reeves, but uh, I gotta say, I think uh, Alex Winter is maybe the secret slightly better one of them, because he's, like, super fucking political. Like, he's a hardcore leftist, 
Like, whenever he shows up, like, he's in, uh, there's a documentary that came out this year, me and Andy both just watched, called In Search of Darkness, and he's the guy on there, like, when he's talking about 80s horror, he's like, well, like, this movie is actually about all these shitty policies Reagan instituted. Yep. Like, stuff like that. He gets he's, it. That sort of He really gets there. it. Yeah. Uh, where, where can you watch this? Uh, it's, I believe he, most of his stuff is streaming in one place or another. Uh, I know Panama Papers is on, like, that one free streaming website, like, Sezzle or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't even remember. Uh, but it's, it's up and around. Uh, I think it's on Amazon streaming as well. Speaking of uh, In Search of Darkness, uh, that's going to be strong contender for yeah. documentary of the year. Yeah, that's so. a great doc. Uh, yeah, this is this is just a really good, solid documentary on this sort of, like, the shadier part of the internet and, like, shining some light on there. It's like, Look, like, it's not like the websites that were having, like, hitmen or whatever. And it really sounds like they maybe railroaded the dude who, like, got arrested for all of it. And it doesn't really matter anyway because it's just back up and running. But now with, like, less scrupulous people in charge. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andy, tell me about RoboCop. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know... Um... I watched it again because of that Criterion Collection set. Uh, Arrow. Um, Arrow set. Oh, I thought it was... Oh, Criterion did the original one, but it's an yeah, Arrow set. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, there was a bunch of special features I think they ported over. Yeah, they got all the Criterion stuff. They did some new stuff. It's also the first time to have, like... It's got all three cuts of the movie, right? It's got, like, the uh, unrated... It's got... It's got the fucking... The cut, right? It's got the fucking TV cut and, like, yeah. a cleaned up... Like, they went back and found a very clean it's like you're watching the cleanest version you'll ever see of this edited for tv piece of shit yeah which is the thing like i really wish more movies would put like i would fucking kill to see the mall rats tv version yeah like somewhere because it's funnier than the regular like even kevin smith is like no it's way funnier just because of like all the shit they had to do to clean it up where like 90% of Jay's lines are just completely different. Like, it's just weird. And, like, RoboCop is the same way. Like, I want to see, like, give me the Die Hard 2 TV version. It's just such a cool thing to put on as a special feature. So, do you know, is that Mallrat one on the DVD? Or no? It's not. It's never uh, been released anywhere. Like, there's so many, like, great yeah, ones. Somewhere. There's so many it's great... Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somebody's got it. USA has it somewhere in a vault. Uh, like my favorite <laughs> special feature from like the uh, Scar Scarface Blu-ray release was they had like a whole like featurette on this never released uh, TV version that they had made. Like they put all the work into making it and had all the footage there, but like it just never got released. So it's like stuff like changing like how'd you get that scar tough guy eating pussy to how'd you get that scar tough guy eating pineapples. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what the fuck like. Uh, there's some fun. There's some really funny ones in the RoboCop. I just can't think of them now. It's been a little bit since I watched it. Um, a lot of good special features they made for that. I think it was the same transfer as the previous Blu-ray, right? Yes, it's the same transfer as the previous one, but like that was already a 4K restoration. Right. It's a good. I mean, it's a good. It, the movie holds up. Does it, the guy um, still get shot in the dick in the made-for-TV version? I think so because I don't think they shot. show it. I think you see like the shot going through her skirt, but I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think, think they you get of... that close up of him holding his bloody dick, though. Well, I don't. No, there's no. He does. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that weird thing from the internet, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think you ever see any bloody dicks in the scene. You just well, see you don't him. See his full dick, but you see like his like he's holding his crotch, and there's like he's blood. like blood. So I bet they just cut a, they cut frames out of that scene. Yeah. I bet. But, uh, God, that movie's so good. Um, I like how they, uh, Paul Verhoeven's talking either on the commentary or it's probably the commentary, but it might have been the special features. How, uh, when they went for the movie, uh, that scene where Murphy gets killed is gave it an X rating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so they had to cut like the actual headshot and blowing his hand off. Yeah, I was say, it's like the shot in the hand and the head, like are both. And uh, and Paul Verhoeven's like, you know, I honestly felt like when you, the more you cut that stuff out, the more violent it got. <laughs> like, like it, it kind of worked against it. But he's like, all right, whatever. Um, yeah. There's just so many good, 
good moments in that just, movie. It's a classic fucking movie. It's one of the all-time greats. It, and it holds up. It, it says stuff. It's still relevant. Mm-hmm. It's totally maybe even more relevant. Yeah, it's one of those things that just like like Starship Troopers, just as time goes by, it's sadly more pertinent to our, like, like more if we don't wipe our ourselves, if we don't wipe ourselves out and we, like, become a space-faring race, then yes, eventually I think we are going to be Starship Troopers. I mean, that's how dumb we are. But, uh, gosh, it's it's a good movie. It's uh, It holds up. I can watch it over and over. Um, so I watched it probably, you know, three times since that Blu-ray came out. Um, just checking out all the special features. But yeah, it's a good set. Pick it up. Yeah, uh, let's move on here. Uh, High Life is when I saw. This has been part of my initiative to get caught up on some uh, Robert Pattinson stuff since he's played Yeah, Batman. I need to watch this. How is it? Uh, it's pretty good. This movie, the basic uh, <clears throat> premise of this is... Uh, it's Robert Pattinson and his daughter alone on this spaceship that's heading towards a black hole. It's getting slowly sucked in. And you get sort of flashbacks about how they got into this situation, which is Robert Pattinson is just like one of a group of criminals who is on here. Like the entire crew of the ship and everybody there is basically a criminal like who would otherwise be getting the death sentence, like death penalty, who instead volunteered for this, like for this experiment shit about, like, hey, what happens when you do this out in space? And it's just, like, this slow collapse of, like, these people as they all turn on each other, and just shit gets super fucked. Like, it's... I feel like this is the movie had the scene that got him that Batman job, because at one point, like, he just brutally just beats the shit out of this dude who's, like, raping one of the women up there. Mm. Just kicks the shit out of him. Uh, he's fucking is it, great. So it's uh, is it become like a survival film then? Uh, not really, because like they've got like once he's the only one left, like he's got everything he needs, like to be there forever, pretty much. Like they have this like greenhouse that gives oxygen and food forever. They've got this recycling system that like takes all of his like piss and shit and turns it back into drinkable water. Like there's gonna run out of stuff eventually, but I need it's to not, watch like, it. Yeah, it's I, I've real been good. super. It looked good. The trailer just made it look like the movie looked like a million dollars. So yeah, it's beautiful looking too. I also need to see Good Time, which is his other uh, movie from this, last year. Oh, good, good, good time. Awesome. Director, not the same director, uh, was it? Uh, no, um, this uh, Good Time has the same director as Uncut Gems, that movie okay. that just came out with Adam Sandler. But Good Time is fucking. At least I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the same director. But Good Time is is really good. If you yeah, haven't seen it, I've, I've seen that. It was it was good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. It, to, I'm really looking forward to Pattinson as Batman. The cast of that movie is just fucking killer. Like, like imagine his fucking jaw in that suit, man. Like, mm-hmm. well, shit. I'm just waiting for a movie that cares about something that has some fucking conviction. Because um, it's pretty demoralizing, you know, after watching that piece of shit Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. With no soul. Yeah. So. Give us something good yeah. for once. Somebody. Speaking of uh, speaking of something good, let's talk about our last thing here. Let me tell you guys about Tammy and the T Rex. So, oh so yeah. This, this movie basically started as like a running joke on the something awful like physical media thread, where it's like there's like this one poster is like specifically telling the. Uh, boutique blu-ray release like distribution place uh vinegar syndrome like hey you fuckers you should put this movie remaster this and put it out and he willed it into existence because that's exactly what happened uh the vinegar syndrome got the rights to it they cleaned it up new 4k master uh they also took the unrated version of it which had previously only been released on vhs in germany uh, and they did a 4K full restoration of that as well, which is like the original version. Because what happened to this movie is uh, the studio they sold it to had no idea what the fuck it was and didn't get it. So they edited it to be like a kid's movie over here. It's like a G. And the unrated version is like a would have been a hard R. Um, <laughs> the basic premise, well, the setup for the yeah, movie is basically, like what happened here to get this movie made is it was a, uh, the director had a friend who came into possession of an animatronic Tyrannosaurus and was like, hey, I've got this animatronic T-Rex for like three months. Do you want to make it do anything with it? And he was like, 
Yes, I do. So he wrote the movie around just having access to this prop. It's, uh, God, who's the chick in it? God, Denise Richards. It's her first movie, and it's Paul Walker's first movie. Uh, <laughs> and the basic premise is uh, Denise Richards is going out with some asshole. Uh, Paul Walker is in love with her. She likes him, too. She breaks up with that dude. And he, like, kills Paul Walker by feeding him to a lion. <laughs> and a mad scientist grabs his, like, he survives. He survives that. And a mad scientist is like, oh, no, he's dead. He poses a doctor. It's like, oh, no, oh sorry, he's dead. Uh, steals his, like, steals him and puts his brain into a fucking mechanical T-Rex. So it's Paul Walker inside of this T-Rex. He escapes, like, and the basic premise is, like, it's revenge and also trying to get him back into, like, his body. Uh, which leads us, like, the the two funniest things in this movie are, number one, they go to get his body after the funeral, and they open up the fucking casket, and he's a rotten, maggot-covered corpse. <laughs> like, which is, like, the most unexpected things, like... Well, yeah, of course he would be. Holy shit. Like, because he's been dead and just in this warehouse for a week at this point. Like, uh, so then they go to, like, the morgue to try and steal other bodies. And they're just, like, holding up these corpses to him looking out in the fucking window. And, like, he's in the back of a truck as the T-Rex just, like, not, like, shaking his head. Or, like, like there's, like, a black dude. He's like, no. There's, like, a tiny Asian dude. He's like, no. They hold up, like, this chick. And he's like, maybe he's like rando <laughs> it's just incredibly funny it knows exactly what it is like it's this campy fucking throwback to like 50s creature movies that everyone involved with is just having a ton of fucking fun on it's seriously worth tracking down it is worth seeing it's a great movie if like i feel like it was ahead of its time if this had been like a netflix movie that came out this year people would have fucking lost their shit over it. Like, Paul Rudd getting attacked by a lion or Paul whatever? Walker. Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah. Paul Walker. The Fast and the Furious is Paul Walker. Like, right. even, in, even in this, like, like it's one of those things where, like, looking back, it's like, you know, he was never a great actor, but, like, he had this sort of, like, effortless charm and likability to him. But, like, he's only, like, actually physically in this movie for maybe 15 minutes because he's in a T-Rex that can't talk the rest of it. But, <laughs> but, like, he sells you on, like, oh, yeah, I like this guy in that short time he has. Like, like he's I really that was funny. his first movie. Yep. And Denise Richards' <laughs> first movie. Like, yeah. It's fucking crazy. So What kind of release did it get it? Like, how many theaters was it in? I want to know. Like, it, was, it had God. a theatrical release. That's I wonder what it went up. Man, I'd like, to, I, I'd like to know, like, what, what did it go up against that week? Like, that would be really interesting to see. Take a look at the box office mojo of 10. That's just 10. Like, I want to put myself, uh, what year did it come out? 94? 94. So I want to put myself in the, like, shoes of someone who's like, let's see what movie we're going to this weekend. Came out like, against uh, the madness of King George. Oh no, that's the ninety-four. What happened in December nineteen ninety-four? Okay, yes, the madness this, of this King came George. Came out in December. Uh, Sicario, not the new Sicario. Uh, Legends of the Fall. It came out against. Uh, <laughs> that's the biggest one that week. Okay. Yeah, it's Wednesday, December twenty-first is when it fucking hit. <laughs> Yeah, like, I haven't watched the cut version yet, but, like, I can't imagine it's any good, because all the funniest shit is the really risque stuff. Like, the yeah. movie ends with Paul Walker as a braid in the jar, and Denise Richards doing a strip tease for him, and, like, he's, his brain is, like, getting super horny about it. Like, because <laughs> they still haven't got him a body yet. Like, he... It's, like, hooked up to this big machine, and, like, sparks start flying off of it, because he's, like, his brain is coming. Like, it's just real fucking good. It's super funny. You should watch it. It's worth getting. Like, my dad actually watched it, because I was talking about it, and he was like, it was great. Like, <laughs> it's just really enjoyable. I think it wins this category, to be quite honest. Um, hey, Gabe, I let, I added something at the end, and it added a second page, if you want to talk about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Like oh, yeah, yeah. Example. I... This is uh, 
moving into a different uh, sort of format than we usually talk about for these awards, but I read uh, the entire comic series Lock and Key, which is uh, Joe Hill. Uh, it's a comic book. Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Uh, and it's this sort of like Lovecraftian thing about like this family moves into this house where there's this magic stuff that only kids can see, basically. And there's this otherworldly shit happens. It's really fucking, it's fun. There's a Netflix yeah. series coming I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I've been championing championing this this series for like since I ever, it was, it's one of the few like comic book series that I got into early on mm-hmm. when I started reading comics. I don't really read comics anymore, but I did really heavily for a while there. And uh, I think I just picked this one up at Barnes & Noble like a trade. I was killing some time waiting for my car to get done. And I ended up like reading the entire trade while I was waiting, and I fell in love yeah. with it. I read the how entire did, run of this series in two days. How did you, so? I, I'm pretty sure I've told you about it before, but what made you pick it up? Uh, God, I don't remember. I think I was just looking for something new, and nothing else was jumping out. I was like, "Oh, I'll give this a shot." Like I've I've had it for a long time, and it just never read. the the premise of it. Like to me, like isn't like if someone just explained it to me, I'm like, "Oh, that just sounds kind of like." I don't know. It, it's it's all in the execution and the writing and the characters. I I don't think they're going to be able to do justice to it. I we'll see. But um, like Joe Hill is like he's just as good as his fucking dad. He, he is. is. Um, I read. Writer. I watched. Uh, I've read most of the book Nosferatu, and I watched the show that it's that they um, adapted this year. Uh, it's not going to come up in the discussions. It was good, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, but he's a, he's a good writer. Um, and he also has a short story collection that came out and one of his got adapted into another Netflix, uh, movie this year called in the tall grass, which I recommend if you haven't watched it, it's just kind of this, like, it's a, yeah, I watched some of that. I actually ended up really liking it. It's like the premise of it is it starts out simple. It It starts out simple. The premise is like, there's this tall grass and it lures people into it. And you can't get out once you go in and you lose your mind. And there's there's like different dimensions of time in there where they're talking to people from their past and future. And it just goes in some really wacky, crazy places. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's very good. What's funny is I watched that movie and then I find out that he he and uh, his dad, uh, Stephen King, released a short story collection. And I found out one of those was a story in there. Like they had, I think it got adapted into a movie before it came out in the book, which is interesting. Uh, a lot of times with short stories like that, they'll get published the first time in like a magazine somewhere. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's probably what happened. Um, yeah. I mean, this lock and key is just, a, it looks amazing. I'll say that one yeah. thing, like just right away, you'll notice the art in this book mm-hmm. is really good. Um, and it has some really like, it goes through some really crazy places in the later issues. Like there's like one issue that's in a completely different art style. Um, and it's, and it's explained by like the whole thing is like, they have these keys that are in this house and this place called key house. And they have like different powers and stuff. And like, yeah, one like of them there's one like, you like, if you're holding the key, you can see like basically a lock on the back of people's heads, which you mm-hmm. can then like open and like look into their head and see like all their thoughts is represented by like, physical things so mm-hmm. like like uh one of the pe- one of the characters like removes her like fear and her sadness and like the fear is this like this black monster thing and the sadness is this like woman who just is constantly crying she's a she's the, she has drains for her hand because she's always yeah. crying <laughs> yeah. um and it's i mean it it is kind of like a i would almost classify it as like a young adult but it has very like very r-rated stuff in it yeah, it's like stephen king's stuff about kids it's yeah. like stand by me where it's like it is a thing about kids for adults i mean in the very first uh, like issue their parents are getting murdered by just these like drifters like yeah. they just kill them and then that that character keeps showing up i thought his character i think it was sam was his name was really yeah. interesting mm-hmm. uh and yeah and it, there's some like lovecraft type stuff going on in the show they live in lovecraft massachusetts i think it's yeah. called um, Which it sounds like they've changed the name of the town for the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, well, it doesn't actually have any ties to Lovecraft. I think it's just some there's some inspiration there, and that's all there is to there's it. Some Lovecraftian stuff going on in there, not like his cosmic horror stuff, but like mm-hmm. 
a lot of his dreamland stuff shows up in there. He's his story is pretty interesting, Joe Hill, because he the pen, it's a pen name, and obviously his name yep. is Joe King. It's his real name, but he he didn't want to be always compared to his father, so he yeah he wanted to he, make it on his own. He's like the exact opposite of nepotism. He's like, no, nah, I'm just going to write it as this pen name. I mean, if I obviously he got he got publishing rights and stuff because of who he is. Whoever I'm guessing whoever published him. Uh, from what I from what I understand, they did not. He just did it all, like he had no connection to like his dad when he was submitting his stuff, like mm-hmm. and it wasn't like discovered even by his publishers till later that like oh he's Stephen King's kid. Yeah, um, yeah he's got I, his own. Uh, speaking of comics, he has his own line. Like DC gave him his own comic book label at this point. Like really? Hill House, yeah, Hill House Comics. And he's really, doing one of them called uh, Basketful of Heads is the one he's doing. And he's like mm-hmm. sort of executive producing, overseeing all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read, like I said, Nosferatu. There's a comic book series called Wraith that's a prequel sequel to it. I forget. It's actually really good, too. Um, and then he did he's done a couple things. I mean, I've only read two of his books and um, Nosferatu is really good. I mean, it's clearly he's clearly taking a lot of inspiration from his dad with it and uh because i mean that's essentially what it is he's like a it's like a vampire it's a different type of vampire and he's got an interesting twist on it but it is very similar mm-hmm. but yep lock and key is great i mean i really hope this this netflix show i think comes out in february yeah so, it's soon they've, soon they've released a few pictures of it the like the house looks real good the first poster where it's like the key going into the back of the head is like yep mm-hmm. that's imagery straight from it yeah, I mean, they've Sorry. tried to make this several times. They shot yeah. the pilot. Um, Nick Stahl was playing uh, one of the characters. I can't remember which one, but he, he was perfectly cast. Um, and they, nobody, and I remember like IGN reviewed it and they gave it a really good review. Mm-hmm. And, but nobody bought it and they never picked it up. That's yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping it's uh, not a situation like uh, Powers. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're like the comics. Wasn't that are great. something that was like exclusive to Sony? Sony yeah, PlayStation? Sony PlayStation had it. Like the comics that Powers were based on were fucking great. And it's like mm-hmm. a Brian Michael Bendis comic, and he'd been trying to get it made as a TV show for years, and like had a bunch of false starts. And then when they finally got it made, it sucked ass. And like yeah, had almost just, nothing to do with the comics, and it's like just I mean, bad. a lot's changed since the last time they tried to make this, and I thought they're not going to be able to do it justice. Like they got to put this on like HBO or something, but. A lot's changed, especially with Netflix. I just my thing is like the effects got to be really good mm-hmm. in this, and the acting, and it needs to be taken seriously because this is definitely a show that's going to be a fine line between cheesy. It won't. I mean, it's not cheesy, but they if they if the effects don't look really good, yeah, and the performances aren't really like great, it it won't be good. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what wins here? What's on the list? Let's see shit we should have known about. Hmm. <laughs> You're highlighting Tammy and the T Rex. Yeah, I feel like Tammy and the T Rex has to be on this list. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And well, from what you were saying about weird. it, I feel like Divinity Original Sin Two should be on this list. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah, I mean, I it's late edition, but I actually think Lock and Key is a good one for that too, because it be is. I'd be okay with Lock and Key as well. I'd be okay with those as the three. It, it is actually, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I I like a lot of comics, but I it is one of my favorites. Like I put Preacher up there, and I put Lock and Key up there. Yeah. And it's one of those comics that I don't ever hear anybody talking about, like ever. So, oh man, I mean. Divinity is like a game that a lot of people are playing, uh, and I think you guys should play it, but it's not like something I've never talked about before. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I feel like I can actually talk about with some serious authority now, since I've played like 80 hours of it. Yeah, if you great. played most of it this time, I'm I'm fine with it making it to the list. Mm-hmm. Like, and it sounds like out of everything, I feel like it's either it or Hitman, right? Like, Are we doing, I can't remember, do we do two runners up? Two runners up and a winner. Okay, well then, let's do Lock and Key Divinity and Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah, I think that yeah, I like, I'd say yeah, Tammy, Tammy wins, I think. Because it's yeah. like a legit, like, it's a five-star movie. Well, it's, it's, a five, a movie. it's a five-bagger, uh, five bags of popcorn, and they throw in uh, two <laughs> two sodas with it. Oh, oh shit, some... you know what? Just a second, I have another really late entry here. I'm typing right now <laughs> on cinema. Which is, uh, this is the show that, like, I hadn't been watching this, but Tim Heidecker 
had been uh, Tim Heidecker and uh, Greg Turkington, who you might know better as Neil Hamburger. It's oh. their like AdultSwim.com uh, movie review show. It's like you guys have seen Decker, right? Yeah. So That's Decker, my, Decker you know, my is technically is a spinoff of On Cinema because like it's Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington playing like fictionalized versions of themselves. And then that fictionalized version of Tim Heidecker then, like, made Decker. And there's a whole thing going on in On Cinema where, like, season four of that was, like, funded by Greg Turkington's character. And he never paid him back. And all of this accumulated in a thing that's actually up. Like, we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth later. But uh, Mr. Why America. Not, why does it not surprise me that Neil Hamburger is, is, like, knows the knows these guys like well he's in I, an early episode of tim and eric oh he is yeah okay. yeah it's like the taxi episode where the they're trying to go hand in the the episode and they take a taxi ride and it's neil hamburger driving the taxi yeah my um my on slack there that's the thing we used to chat to each other my picture there is me doing a decker so yeah yeah so like uh basically like the concept of the show is Tim Heidecker is like a fucking terrible fucking shitty idiot who doesn't know anything about movies. And Greg Turkington is like this guy who is also a terrible idiot who doesn't know anything about movies, but thinks he does because he's like the head of this like VHS uh, collection society. And they all, (laughs) they both love everything that comes out. Like I've never seen a movie get less than four stars. They use bags of popcorn. It's like, Oh, it's a five bagger. And then they'll just throw in like extra stuff. Like, Oh, it's a five bagger. And I'll give it uh, three boxes of candy with that. Where Where can I, where can I watch this? I think I'm actually. I think it's all just up on it's all up on Adult Swim and all on their YouTube yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's ways to. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious, and it's yeah. Not it's, every it's episode like this, is great, but the thing is, it's like this long form joke where like the it starts is just like this sort of generic like Cecil Ebert kind of parody, and it, at one point it gets to the point where like Tim Heidecker has an adopted son that he names Tom Cruise Jr who dies at some point and like the inciting incident for the Mr. America movie, which is that like his character, uh, host, like th- hosted a music festival, like where he used his like new vape line that like killed several teenagers. Like that happens in the show. And like they, like adult swim did an entire thing where they did an entire fake trial of Tim Heidecker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And like, like you watch like the OJ Simpson trial. Yeah, but it's Tim Heidecker getting in trouble for like killing like seven teenagers with faulty vape juice. Like at a fucking <laughs> wait, wait, electronic music like festival. Energy drink? I thought it was an energy drink, but yeah, I guess no, maybe it's I'm vape. It's like his new vape line. Like it, <laughs> and it just keeps going. Like if you started like with the first episode and went to like the newest one, you would like not recognize that show at all. Because like it just keeps getting it more and more crazy. And, like, yeah, the big climax, like, this year, it's actually, like, I have him up for best actor later, is, like, him is himself in that role. But, yeah, that doesn't win, but I felt like we should talk about it, because I just uh, started I'll watching all of that right before that Mr. America. They're the most consistently funny people working right now, and I'm glad they... And uh, I can't wait to see him uh, in February, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to go to him again. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, shit we should have talked about before, but didn't because we're fucking morons. The winner, Tammy and the T-Rex, and runners-up, Lock and Key, and Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, we will be back next week doing Best Original Music. I actually think next week maybe we combine two topics, just because they're both music-related, so maybe we should do licensed music and original music next week. Yeah, I think we can get through those pretty quick. Yeah, and maybe even throw music video in there, because that's in, in another... Some of these might. Yeah, we might, might combine be. some. This one, like, I think we got we got an hour out of this uh, this topic, so we'll uh, we'll play it by ear, see how it goes. Uh, but we will be back next week. David will be joining us because he uh, will actually have things to talk about for this. Uh, what are we What are we calling this award show this year? Are we the opinion ours or yeah. the opinionees? Uh, uh, we are untitled uh, end of the year award show. Yeah. So we will be back for episode two of the Terrible Opinions Untitled End of the Year Award Show next week. Uh, Hang loose, dudes.
Peace. It's, it's the end of the world as we know.